0: Our focus must be riveted on the Savior and His gospel. It is mentally rigorous to strive to look unto Him in every thought. But when we do, our doubts and fears flee. When we draw His power into our lives, both He and we will rejoice. Welcome everyone to another episode of Doubt Not, Fear Not. This is a podcast that is by young adults for young adults. I'm your host today, Leonie Thoki, and I'm grateful to have Tony telling my about the this episode with me. Do you want to give a little introduction? Sure.
1: Hello, everybody. My name is like Leonie said, is Tony. I currently live in West Auckland. Always lived in West Auckland, actually. Proudly from the West. And yeah, grateful to be here.
0: Thank you for having me. Thanks for accepting the invitation to be on. So basically the topic that we'll be covering in this episode is will my family actually be together forever? Navigating my way along the covenant-keeping path in a part member family. So as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, family is so central to Heavenly Father's plan. And we know that through temple work, we can be sealed with our families for all time and all eternity. But sometimes that may not be the case when we are brought up with parents or family members in our immediate families who are not members of the gospel. For those of you who are not familiar with the term part member, I thought about it. And are you a big Harry Potter fan?
1: I do love Harry Potter, <laughs> but don't quiz me because then i get called out. So
0: i about Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. And so I thought about how they have the purebloods and mudbloods and like them <laughs> kind of families and how we have, I guess, the purebloods who have both parents who are active members of the church. Of <laughs> Christ. And then having maybe one parent or none of your parents, we're kind of like mudbloods. <laughs>
1: It's wow really my favorite harry potter character was hermione exactly. so and so hermione you know that's like... not so
0: much of a bad thing but and yeah Hermione's one of the greatest wizards right uh, in the whole <laughs> wizarding world and uh-huh. when you think about it individuals who are part of part member families they're some of the most faithful people that i've ever met as well so hopefully that was like a good kind of perception or definition of what part-member families mean. is just having parts of your family being members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So we're going to kind of get into it. So the first question I have for you is what have your experiences been like growing in the gospel in a part-member family?
1: Yeah so I can give a brief background. Obviously I wouldn't be on here if I wasn't a um, my blood. <laughs> no. My experience has been, I was raised in the church since I was a child, born and raised. My mum was also born and raised in the gospel, but my dad is not a member. And I have one younger sister and she was born and raised and is still currently actively participating. That's a little bit of background about me. But your question was, what have been my experiences? The short answer is... I don't actually know any different. Like I said, I was born and raised in a home that's always been considered a part member family. And so it's all I've ever known. It's all I've ever had to sort of work with. And so I don't have anything to compare it with in terms of Mm -hmm. whether or not it's good or bad or better or worse. But what I would say is being raised in a part member family and not even just with my dad, I have members of my extended family both on my mum and my dad's side that are varying degrees of members non-members active less active I don't love those terms I think that I've never had the experience of the typical cookie cutter cover of the enzyme so to speak (laughs) temple family and that has obviously had its challenges in terms of what I've wanted and the way i've chosen to live my life but i think it's also given me a really wide range of experiences and navigating relationships with a whole variety of god's children Mm. i have been placed in a family with people who are very religious who are not religious who are muslim who don't practice anything who are half in half out and so i think i've had to learn how to love and navigate those relationships and love those people, even when they think and believe and live their life differently from me, which has been hard. But I think upon reflection taught me a lot of valuable lessons and helped me to grow and deepen my own faith as well. Because when I have so many different beliefs just within My own family, I think it's really forced me to think about, okay, well, what do I believe? Because I love people who don't believe the same thing as me. And so, in some ways, it's been hard because I've been the only one or one of the few. But in other ways, I think it's really deepened, strengthened my testimony, my faith, and helped me to love and appreciate difference and have empathy and understanding for people who are different.
0: That's so solid. I think it was cool that you reminded me that. Of course, within our families, we sometimes will have people that aren't members of our faith that we are supposed to get along. And then when we're outside in the world, at our workplaces or at school, we're always just gonna be surrounded by people who may not believe in Heavenly Father or anything like that. I think it just lessened the kind of hardness of what it could be like in a part member family, because I myself am also in a part member family where my mum isn't a member obviously we've heard in the gospel that the home is the central part where we learn about the savior Jesus Christ and sometimes being an apartment with family we can't have Mm. family prayers we can't do family scripture study can't keep the Sabbath day holy (laughs) because people want to watch the rugby right Sunday. right Uh um how has that Kind of affected your relationship with Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ.
1: I think he just called out all of my whole childhood <laughs> Literally.
0: <laughs> dilemmas. Literally, me as well.
1: <laughs> no, you're exactly right. I think it definitely has had its challenges. I must give it up to my dad though. He's been very supportive, and he's always supported my mom and my sister. And and I, in all of our church efforts, always come to church whenever it was we were giving talks or singing or had different assignments, was supportive when I said I wanted to go on my mission. So, I mean, that's super helpful. I've never really felt I've been torn in that way, which I know some people that have had parents, close family members that aren't supportive, and that would be really difficult. And also my mum, I think it would be hard to sort of be a spiritual pillar in a home where the other parent has different beliefs and acts differently exactly like you said though an easy example of that is keeping the Sabbath day holy and what does that look like for a part member family and I remember actually when I was younger being quite confused because I remember sitting in church and having a lesson about keeping the Sabbath day holy and people talked about how well in their family they don't watch tv and they don't go shopping and they don't do whatever it might be and then thinking to myself I must live in such a terrible household because we do all of those things
0: um. like, just, why are you watching tv on Sunday I was like exactly. well wow, I can't really do too much about it Yeah, parents don't know any
1: better. And then I found it super helpful when the prophet came out and he talked about how there's actually no black and white cookie Mm -hmm. cutter rule. It's all about the intentions of your heart and what sign are you giving to the Lord. Because I really struggled with how to navigate that. And I think as I've gotten older, I've realized that yeah, people are complex, families are complicated, and. You have to learn the best way that you can to navigate that because we can't just only love the people that look and think and act and believe like us because otherwise we would not be loving very many people and that's (coughs) not at all what the saviour did. He didn't only love those who thought and believed the same as him and so we can't do that as well. We have to try our best to navigate relationship with people who are different. And I think to answer your question about How it's affected my faith I think yeah it's made it mine because I've seen lots of different ways of living ways of believing people that I love and respect who don't at all believe similar to me and so I've been forced to decide for myself okay well what do I believe and how am I going to live my life and I think it's deepened my faith and made me more sure that this is where I want to be because I've seen And I've grown up seeing different ways of living and believing, and it makes me more sure that I want to be here, that the gospel is where I feel the most at peace. And as I deepen my faith, I'm also able to love those around me better. I think it's brought me closer to Heavenly Father, but it's taken a wrestle, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. what do I believe? What are my standards? And I'm not going to lie, I've done certain things and then thought, okay, Maybe not that. Maybe that's not what keeping the Sabbath day looks like. So it's taken wrestle, it's taken prayer, it's taken humility. But I think that's the point, you know? I think that's what the gospel of Jesus Christ is. That's what repentance is. That's what faith is. That's what the sacrament's for. It's all just been a learning process. But I'm grateful for the lessons that I've had and for the people, despite it being very challenging sometimes, trying to navigate that.
0: I think as you were talking, I just thought about... We talk about families all the time and we always think the whole cookie cutter enzyme magazine family is the example. But I was just thinking about how when we read the Book of Mormon, like the first story that we literally read is about a family and it was like the most unperfect family. Uh-huh. They had brothers who were probably less active. They didn't do the things that the Lord told them to do. And it probably was hard for Nephi mm-hmm. to do all these things that were right, certain part of his family members weren't doing things that were right but I loved how you talked about it's your own faith and I was the same as Nephi he was born of goodly parents and were also born of goodly parents and he was able to have that own personal wrestle with the Lord and having his own conversion because conversion is a very individual thing and I've seen a lot of people who have Really relied upon other people's testimonies and other people's faith, but they haven't been converted until they've experienced for themselves. So that's another blessing or a lesson that can come with being an apartment of a family. But you did mention that you served a mission. Did you ever think when you were going to come back from your mission that you were going to like, yo, I'm going to baptize my dad. <laughs> I've learned all these things. I've learned all these skills. Uh, you
1: know what I don't know if this makes me a bad missionary or what but <laughs> people said that to me they were like oh are you gonna go home and baptize your family and I would laugh and be like, yeah jokingly because I didn't want to seem like a bad missionary but I think honestly if my mission taught me anything you learn how to love people in ways that you previously well at least I previously couldn't and no I didn't I didn't have this yearning to come home and dunk him and everybody else who wasn't a member mm-hmm. who I loved. If anything, my mission taught me that Christ like love is about loving unconditionally and obviously always hoping and having a hope for better for our loved ones and for us, whatever that looks like, loving them unconditionally and respecting their agency. And so I came home and because I think Prior to my mission, I spent a lot of energy and effort wishing that people that I loved were different to how they actually were, wishing that people would be more this or more that. And I realized that sometimes that was actually getting in the way of me having a relationship with them and me being able to love them like Heavenly Father and how Christ loves them. And who was I to put these expectations on these people that, potentially not even the Lord had of them you know to for me to put these member standards on people who are not members and so I think if anything my mission taught me to come home and to love and appreciate the people in my life as they are and be a good example to them and then let the Lord do the rest Mm. because I can't actually convert them and not to resent them for what they aren't and not to think I'm any better than them but just to love them but I will say sometimes with our family love looks like loving from a distance (laughs) or our own peace of mind that's what it has to be sometimes but whatever it is you can do it with the fullness of heart and not feeling resentful not wishing that they were different not holding back because they're not where you want them to be or where you think they should be or even where you think god thinks they should be you know
0: Mm -hmm. i love that i also served a mission as well and that was the first time i heard the term part member family is because as missionaries we were like part member families are gold they were like easy to find and be able to teach but you know i learned all these skills and then i came home and i remember emailing my family before I came home, I was like, I'm a very different person to who I was before I went on my mission. I think I already was starting to put member expectations on my parents who weren't so familiar with all these things. And I remember I was pretty hard on them when I came home. I remember forcing them to be, we need to have family prayer at nine o'clock. This is what I would do on the mission and everything. But I don't know if you've ever questioned, but I remember before my mission, I questioned why I was given to these these parents who weren't so active or weren't so involved in the gospel as much as me and my siblings were. I came across this talk, I can't remember what the talk was about but I knew (laughs) it was about like wavering children and one thing that applied to my parents, one thing I really loved from that talk is that Heavenly Father loves each and every one of his children and he entrusted my parents, those two people were the only people that had the same portion and amount of love that he has for me. And so once I had a sure knowledge that there was no one else that could be able to parent me and love me, even though they weren't members, or even though they weren't super, well, my mom's not a member, my dad is returning back to church. They still were able to give me all the attributes and all the things that i needed to acquire in order for myself to prepare to enter back to live within the father in jesus christ again so i think although we weren't put in circumstances where the gospel wasn't fully involved in the home that doesn't make us less worthy of the blessings that people receive being in a member home right, right.
1: Yeah, and I remember sort of having this realisation maybe last year or the year before, similar to what you said before, that that the scriptures are actually filled. And I would say, I haven't done any proper study on this, but (laughs) I would say majority filled about stories of dysfunctional families. Dysfunctional as in not front of the enzyme, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Cookie cutter families and when I think about it most of the families that I know to a certain extent have some part member aspect and so Mm -hmm. I would even go out on a limb to say that to have a fully member fully active family is the exception now that's probably not a great thing but it is the reality is the real life reality of the situation is that most of us have to deal with relationships and navigate families where there are diversity of beliefs and i think that's perfect because that's what the scriptures are full of like okay. you said we think about nephi we think about adam and eve his son this son killed the other son there's there's Alma, heaps the there's, there's heaps in the Old Testament, yeah. there's heaps in the Book of Mormon. I mean, if we even want to be like technical about it, I love Emma Smith, but she left.
0: <laughs> and even the prophet as well. Like, yeah, exactly. I he thought and... about how all he ever wanted was to be sealed and it took his parents until they were like 80.
1: Right. And so I think potentially we have moments where we feel like we're less than and mm-hmm. there are doctrinal reasons for that when we think about the ceiling ordinance and temple marriage and all of those things. But the reality is that I think that's a lot of us. And I think that we do ourselves a disservice by thinking that everyone else has got this thing that I don't have
0: mm-hmm. instead
1: of learning to see the value, like you said, and maybe God's hand and where you are and how you can be a light in that space.
0: I love that. And I think going on to that, How can we continue to hold on to hope in Heavenly Father's plan, no matter what the circumstances are for you? Yeah, I did think about this. And I wanted
1: to share one of my favorite scriptures. And it kind of sums up how I would answer that. Mm -hmm. But it's found in Doctrine and Covenants 123, verse 17. And it says, Let us cheerfully do all things that lie in our power, And then may we stand still with the utmost assurance to see the salvation of God and for his arm to be revealed. And I really like that scripture because I think it's a good reminder to me of focusing on the things that I can control, like my own actions, the way in which I treat my family and the people Mm -hmm. that I love, the way that I hold myself, and then letting it go (laughs) and leaving it at the feet of the Lord and trusting that he will make it work out. And Alda Holland gave a devotional at the beginning of this year and he talked about hope. One of the things that he said is hope is about trusting. And I think that I spent a lot of time growing up wanting people that I love to make certain choices, to be certain ways, to believe certain things. But at the end of the day, you can't control that. You have no, you can't, You have to respect other people's agency. You have to let people choose. And so I think the way that I have hope is obviously I want my family to be together forever. That's a given, to be with my loved ones. But there's only a certain portion of that I can actually control. And so there's no point in me stressing and crying and fretting over that and feeling unsatisfied in my family situation until I get to that point. I think what hope allows me to do is to do what I can and then to leave it and let the Lord take care of the rest. And doing that allows me to find the joy now and to enjoy my family and love my family freely now without waiting for it to be something else. So I think just controlling what I can, trusting the Lord, praying for an increase of charity, like the Book of yeah. Mormon says, <laughs> every day with the, did they? I think it says something along the lines in Moroni of like, with full energy of heart, pray yeah. for charity. That's what it takes, it does. To not be disappointed, to not be discouraged and to let the things you can't control go. But it is so worth it because then you can love and enjoy your family and experience the blessings of family now not until some future date that might not ever come. Mm,
0: Yeah. And just knowing that I think somewhat of the first principle that we teach as missionaries is that God is our loving Heavenly Father and because he loves us so much, he sent us in families. And knowing that the greatest happiness and joy that we're ever going to receive in life is within our families. And I remember in church today, we talked about the greatest work that you're ever going to do in this life is within the four walls of your home. And as you were speaking, I just thought about the phrase, just let God be your God Mm. um, and allow him. You do everything that you're supposed to do and then just let him be your God and let him take over with whatever he needs to do. So I really loved what you said. And going along with that, with the experiences that we've shared and talking about our present families that we have, how has being an part member family influenced the way that you think about your future family? Yeah, I think
1: similar to what I've said before, it's helped me to know what I want and what I don't want because I've seen it growing up in my family and in my extended family. I've seen what it looks like to have a home that's founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've seen what it looks like to not have that I have taken lots of bits and pieces from all of them and I think it will hopefully be able to help shape the kind of home that I want to build I've definitely seen the benefit of the gospel of Jesus Christ of the teachings of that in the home and I know that's something that I would want for myself and for my future family I've seen the benefit of having the home founded on two parents that believe that but at the same time I also would want my future home to be one that understands and appreciates that people are different, that life is complex and that I would like my home to be founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would hope that my future family have an understanding and a love and an empathy for people who are different and for families who are different. And not that full member families don't, but I think that was one of the really valuable lessons that I had growing up in a part member. Household was that I got to learn and appreciate and love people who have a diversity of views, and I think that's actually really valuable because, like you said, that's more what the world is like. And I think growing up in a part member household has helped me to just know what I want, what I don't want, and what I hope to achieve. But even then, I could teach my kids everything, and they could decide when they get older that they don't want a bar of it, and essentially, there's nothing I can do about that. You know, so again. You do what you can and then you leave it at the feet of the Lord and trust Mm -hmm. that he will make it better. And just to wrap that up, and I haven't lived for a super long time, Mm -hmm. but in all my years of living, I've never done everything that I can and left it at the feet of the Lord and been left cheated or felt like I was worse off. I've always felt he has taken my efforts, taken my five loaves of fish and bread and and turned it into something much better and Mm -hmm. much greater than I ever could. I just think it's a formula that has worked and blessed my life so much. And so I hope to continue to do that.
0: Mm. I think in the family proclamation, it says something along the lines of how happiness in family life is Mm -hmm. founded upon the gospel of Jesus Christ or the principles of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I'm the same as you, I've experienced what it's like Being an apartment of a family and also serving a mission, I've seen families and how they founded their families on the gospel of Jesus Christ and taking my experiences of what, because I would never degrade my experiences that I've had growing up in an apartment of a family. Because honestly, I love my parents so much and I've loved the experiences that I've been able to have with them. Um, but also just piecing everything together and knowing how I can be able to raise my family in the gospel so thanks for giving that reminder (laughs) wrapping up we've talked a lot about some of the key lessons that you've had learning how to love people for who they are in relationships with others but what do you think would be some good lessons or some good advice for people who may be struggling with growing an apartment member family and how they can be able to increase their faith in the Saviour Jesus Christ. I think, like you said, it starts with us.
1: It starts with you, starts with me, focusing on your own conversion, on your own faith first. And the other thing actually that just came to my mind that has been a huge blessing to me is I've been so lucky to belong to incredible wards
0: mm-hmm. and, in, and in
1: places where perhaps I've felt like I've lacked in my home or in my family, I've been able to rely on my ward and my bishops, my home teachers when we had home teachers, and my friends, my leaders. And so I would say that if you feel like you're not, having your cup filled at home then to turn to your ward because I would not be here if it wasn't for young women's leaders, home teachers, bishops, my priesthood leaders. I love my bishops that I've had so much. They have been, I think the ward plays a really important part when it comes to part member families because Mm -hmm. they fill a gap that perhaps is not being filled traditionally that would be in the home. So, yeah, that's what I would say is rely on your ward. Hopefully you have a good ward. (laughs) (laughs) I got very lucky. I'm lucky if you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Lincoln Ward in Henderson State.
0: (laughs) I love that. I think as you spoke, I feel this, I can testify that is so true and that compensatory power that the Lord gives us is so true. Even if we lack in things in the home, He's always going to compensate with people that he just sends to us. I just, I think I was just in the temple and I didn't really. I had my brother and I didn't really ask him much for priesthood blessings or anything like that, or really see him exercise the priesthood other than in sacrament meeting in church. But I never really use, utilized the priesthood in the home, and I just was going in the temple and. I knew every priesthood brethren because they were my bishops. They were my patriarchs. They were the priesthood leaders who have helped me to know, guess what type of values I would want to to have and my sons that I want to raise and also to each other companions. Yeah, go on, say it. <laughs> yeah. Say your husband. <laughs> yeah, and then when you said it starts with us, I just remembered a quote from Henry B. Eyring, or he talked. He gave us a talk about, I think someone questioned basically what our podcast is about, is will my family actually be together forever? He said, you do everything that you're supposed to do because I think he said they were focusing on the wrong thing. Mm. If you do your part, Heavenly Father will, will take care of everything else. And so that comes with increased faith in jesus christ and understanding his plan everything that you said about trusting the lord even though we might not be able to see the outcome of it right now but it will come blessings come now or in the eternity amen was there anything else that you wanted to add any closing remarks
1: no that was great thank you so much for having me
0: That's so good but Thank you so much again for being on this podcast. Hopefully this was able to uplift and inspire everyone to continue to doubt not and fear not and have faith in this of podcast. But we will see you guys in the next episode. See you guys later. Doubt Not Fear Not podcast series has been produced out of the Auckland Institute building with contributions from young adults across New Zealand. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. To direct others to this podcast or listen to other episodes in this series, or to enroll in the institute class associated with the podcast, see our website at doubtnotfearnot.podbean.com. This recording is not an official publication of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The views expressed are those of the participants and are neither the official doctrine nor the official teachings of the Church.